It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, December 7th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. A new chapter is beginning for the Sitka Sound Science Center as Executive Director Lisa Bush steps down. Arlie Reynolds, a veterinarian and professor at University of Alaska Fairbanks, will take the helm starting April 15th, 2024. In a press release Monday, the board expressed gratitude for Bush's 14 years of leadership, noting her work to establish community-based landslide warning systems across the region and engage the public in scientific thinking. Bush has lived over three decades in Sitka. She plans to stay in town and continue working in the nonprofit sector. Reynolds is currently the director of UAF's One Health program, which he helped found. He also administers the BLAST program, which is funded by the National Institutes of Health and supports rural and Alaska Native students to pursue biomedical careers. Reynolds served as interim director of the Science Center while Bush was on sabbatical last year. Board President Rob Allen said that during that time, the board, quote, heard a lot of positive comments from staff and community members about Arlie's expertise, his leadership style, and his understanding of rural communities. The city and borough of Wrangell has suspended the search for 12-year-old Derek Heller, who was the only person left missing from the November 20th landslide. This follows 15 days of searching and clearing landslide debris by the Wrangell Volunteer Fire Department, numerous support volunteers, canine scent dogs, and local equipment operators. Cale Casey is a spokesperson for the Alaska Interagency Incident Management Team. He's been at the landslide site with responders and says the teams all came together with one mission. They want to find Derek and bring closure to the family. When you exhaust all your search areas, when you circle back and check them again, when you're doing the kind of work they're doing, um, there is a point where your search areas um, have been searched, and that's uh, where they got. 12-year-old Derek Heller is the only victim unaccounted for in the disaster. The bodies of his two sisters and parents have all been recovered, along with that of a neighbor. A press release from the city and borough of Wrangell says search and rescue volunteers and a canine scent detection team will be available if there are any new leads or evidence in specific areas in the future. Ketchikan Police Chief Jeff Walls is asking the city council for a nearly 200 percent increase to the department's budget. He's requesting over $1.8 million to replace outdated infrastructure for both the police and fire departments. Wall says that if the city doesn't act soon, some of these emergency response systems could fail. KRBD's Jack Darrell has the story. Ketchikan City Council called a special meeting in the last week of November to begin discussing the draft of the operating budget. The largest portion of that discussion centered on the Ketchikan Police Department. In the city's draft budget, the police department's total funding increase was about 25 percent. Most of that is to cover higher insurance costs. Ketchikan Police Chief Jeff Walls took the podium to ask for over $1.8 million more than that. There's a range of projects Walls said he needs funding for. The most expensive is building improvements, like a new HVAC system, which totals over $800,000. But Walls said the highest priority is upgrading the island's 911 dispatch system. We have to have this upgrade for the 911 system. We're at, uh, we're at a critical stage he said that Ketchikan's emergency dispatch 911 system hasn't been updated in over a decade. He said that when certain calls are made over the internet or phone, they're first routed to Canada and then back to dispatchers in Ketchikan. An upgrade to fix that would cost almost $700,000. Rick Hines, the fire chief, said that these are an accumulation of years of piling costs and aging infrastructure. This was at a local meeting in mid-November. Let's say I cut your yard, right? 
One year it's twenty dollars. The next year I cut your yard, I charge you twenty-two. Are you going to cut me out? Be upset about it? No. But if I charge you twenty bucks for five years, and then on the sixth year I start charging you forty bucks, you're going to look for somebody else to cut your grass, right? The situation that we are in in the city is going to come to the point where when we really have to fix the infrastructure needs. We're going to hit the taxpayers really hard. He said it's not just that the costs have piled up, but that older equipment creates additional unseen costs for the taxpayer. For instance, the department's aging fleet of vehicles. The frustrating thing for me is if I owned a vehicle at my house that was worth $5,000 and something broke on it and the mechanic said it's going to cost you $6,000 to fix it, what would a reasonable person do? So we have vehicles in the city fleet that may be only worth $12,000, but because there's no other option, they're spending $20,000 a year to keep them on the road. How does that... Maintenance. That's police chief Jeff Walls mumbling in the background. He said they used to replace two cars every year, but stopped in 2020 because of the financial losses from the pandemic. They have three cars that are over a decade old, and Walls said they can't handle being on the road for round-the-clock patrols. At the city budget meeting, he asked for $300,000 to replace those three cop cars. City manager Delilah Walsh said the forum, this line-by-line city budget meeting, was just the first step to get where they need to be. I will let you know on top of that, this is just the first step to get us to where we have to be for Hampton against Nylon. When I first started, I told Chief, I'm very unhappy with our dispatch system. I'd like to see a separate standalone dispatch center that serves the island and, and really not just something nestled within the police department. City council members made motions to cut the HVAC replacement out of the budget and reduce the new patrol cars from three to two. Both motions failed. Before moving on to other items in the budget, Ketchikan Mayor Dave Kiefer added that if these budget requests are once again moved to a further date, the costs will only go up. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. The Anchorage Daily News dubbed Father Michael Alexa as one of Alaska's great communicators, but the Russian Orthodox priest's voice went silent last month at the age of 76. On Tuesday, he was laid to rest after two days of services. KNBA's Rhonda McBride was one of those who went to pay her respects at St. Innocent's Cathedral in Anchorage. This was Father Michael Alexa's very last visit to church. His body carried up the steps amid singing and the swirl of incense. They came from across the state to say goodbye to a man who was many things to many people. He was a priest, a scholar, a teacher, historian, and much more. And the common thread through it all was his ability to weave a great story, a talent that took him all over Alaska to minister to congregations from Gleithlik to Kodiak and across the Aleutian chain and lecture widely on what he called communicating across cultures. Alaska turned out to be a mother load of great stories for this Pennsylvania transplant, and I suspect the Kuskokwim River village of Gleithlik is where he first struck gold. He was studying for the priesthood when he met his wife, Exenia, who at four feet eleven may seem small in stature, but is a tower of strength and not to be trifled with. 
Xenia says he kept winking at her when they first met. I thought he was very brazen myself, she said, with that matter-of-fact touch of dry, yupic humor. But she must have gotten over her initial annoyance because they soon married, and Father Alexa soon found himself in the bosom of yupic life. Those who know Father Alexa probably have their favorite stories. Mine was about a hunt he went on in Quithluk. And we came home one afternoon with about a dozen muskrats. And the lady of the house, who was my Yupik teacher, Annabelle Olick, she was delighted. She skinned and gutted these muskrats. And then she set the table with washcloths as well as spoons. Now, I knew we were having soup, but the washcloths mystified me. I was soon to find out that those were for bukuking, a word I had not yet learned. Buguk in Yuktun is to eat small bits of meat that cling to the bone, which you patiently pick away at with your fingers. At the end of the meal, my teacher, Annabelle, came to me and said, Dakuten ka, you're done, aren't you? And I thought I was, so I said yes. But she didn't look happy about my answer. As he looked around the table and saw that everyone else was still bugooking their muskrat, he did his best to copy them. And with a lot of extra effort and noise, that's the Yupik word, bukuking, removing the meat from every little bone. Father Alexa says this was his first lesson in Yupik etiquette. Waste nothing. These animals died, sacrificed themselves to feed you. You consume everything as a sign of gratitude and respect. From there, Father Alexa became a disciple of native elders where he gleaned a bounty of knowledge. Eventually, he turned his attention to schools and focused on the need for educators to understand and appreciate Native culture so they could be more effective in the classroom. And in the 1980s and 90s, Father Alexa became known for his groundbreaking work as a cultural ambassador, telling stories in which he was usually the butt of every joke, a safe way to talk about difficult subjects. As people sang at his service, I wondered what connection they had to Father Alexa. Just like me, each had their own story to share about his many random acts of kindness, like Jasmine Gill. He was a miracle for me in the sense that when I got accepted into my nurse practitioner program, I needed to pay for my seat and I didn't have a way to afford that. And so I reached out to Father Alexa and right away he said yes and he paid for my seat. Um, sorry. I'm getting emotional now. So many facets of a man who they say in the Russian Orthodox Church will live in memory eternal. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride. I'm Aaron Fulton, and this has been Raven News. Own debut.